Hey everyone, welcome back to Heartsprained. Hey Nadine. Hey Mish. What is up? You know, it's been a week. It's, it's been, been two, week. three weeks. <laughs> oh my god, it has been two weeks since we've done this, hasn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like half jet lagged, half reeling from my car situation oh my since god. I totaled it. So that's been upsetting. But yeah. you know what? At least I'm tan. So <laughs> yeah. there's All that. Upsides. Right. What about you? What's been going on? Um, well, I didn't have like a European vacation or thankfully not a car accident. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say like win some, lose some. My well, life was is literally to... the epitome of balance. Right. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I was sick for like 15 days. That's true. You were really sick. How are you miserable. feeling? I'm so much better. Thank God. Good. I won't like cough my lung up on this one. It's one of the times I'm grateful that we are not in the same room recording. Yeah, but, however, <laughs> we need to tell the people that we were actually in the same place at the same time, we and that's were. why we did not record last week, because we had to I'm... prioritize, like, our actual friendship. Right. Our actual lives, our actual friends. I-R-L. Nadine was in New Jersey. Nadine was in New Jersey, and it was actually the one time I've been there in recent times where it wasn't pouring rain. So that oh, was also God. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Big That's win. <laughs> well, I'm very pumped. I'm so happy I finally got to see you. Like, I feel like we have it down to like four times a year now, which is nice. It's honestly probably the same it. amount we saw each other even when you lived down the street. No, no me. joke. Yeah, Nadine and I used to literally live walking distance mm-hmm. before I And ask us how here. often we hung out. Yeah, not often. We're so stupid. We're the stupidest. But we would still be texting every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, it really like, doesn't matter. Our other friend no. just moved to the middle of the country. And it really doesn't change much. No, <laughs> because... everything feels the same. Just some of us respond a little more delayed in the morning. And some of us just respond a little bit, like, more into the night. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in three different time zones, which kind of sucks. But it's kind of a testament to 2019, though. It really is. Like, we, what would we be without... Technology. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be. I mean, you know, my friend who lives in Norway. You know, who you are. I'm shouting mm-hmm. you out right now. <laughs> we used that. to. We used to really write like letters to each other all the time. And then, like when email happened, it was like, oh my god, look at this oh technology. God. We can email each other from our like <laughs> parents' email addresses. <laughs> we can send letters and they get there instantly. Yeah. It was like, okay, my pigeon is gonna make it to your house. <laughs> it was like Game of Thrones, like the freaking crows. I don't want or ravens, not cro- oh yeah, I know you don't, but someone <laughs> listening does. They used to send ravens and then and then email came. I was like, wow, email would have made Winterfell like a lot more efficient. But that's I really fine. I wish I could understand this reference. It's Actually, fine. I, know, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. All right. So all right, what's on deck today? All right. So this is I know we haven't you know had our podcast in a couple weeks. Really wanted to go in with like a really upbeat topic, but it's all about breakups. We can only be so upbeat. This one is going to be a heavier episode. So I don't know. I mean, I don't really love the overuse of like a trigger warning, but I think that that could kind of be warranted in this one. Um, So we're going to talk about abusive relationships, Um, primarily like emotionally abusive, only because in our experience, I don't think we're qualified to talk about like physical violence as much. Thankfully, um, right. we're not experts. We're just going based on our experience um, and things that we've been through ourselves or with our friends, you know, things they've told us. Um, so that's kind of going to be the focus today. Um, 
Let's go. Let's do it. I think, I think it's a good disclaimer that, you know, if this type of topic might upset you, it might not be something you want to hear or just, you know, emotionally can't handle. This might not be the right episode for you to listen to. So it's the one time we will tell you that it's okay to turn us off. Totally. (laughs) And the biggest reason that we're doing it is, um, actually like, over 15 years ago, maybe like 16 years ago, I actually was in an abusive relationship. So it's taken me this long to actually talk about it. Um, and learning about abusive relationships is actually what saved me from it because I, I didn't realize I, I, maybe it was denial. I was really young. Um, but once I learned the signs of abuse, it actually completely saved my life. I think, um, and it got me out of that horrible relationship. So you're not alone if you're going through it. And you can always reach out to us. And we have a lot of great resources. But we're just going to go over the basics. Um, and hopefully it could help save somebody. That's kind of the goal. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is, like, Nadine, like, when you think of, like, the stereotypical abusive relationship, what, what kind of couple? Like, who do you picture? who do I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's so much who I picture, but I can tell you who I think most people picture. Yeah. Tell me that. I mean, I think people hear like abusive relationship and they think it's some dumb, weak, meek, quiet, shy kind of girl. And she's with some really domineering, aggressive type of guy. And then I think people hear abusive relationship and a lot of women might jump and think I would never be in that or no one I know would ever be in that. But I think even in something like Big Little Lies, um, you know, that that show has done such an amazing job portraying that that is so false, that whole idea. So that that relationship, Nicole Kidman's character, that is mm -hmm. so accurate. I think it's it was a little triggering even. I really don't like that term, but it really, it was so accurate. I'm like scared to know where they got the influence on that one. I mean, probably just from, I think it's unfortunately more common than people realize. Yeah. And I think it did such a beautiful job painting the complexity of the feelings that go into it. And, And you know, types of people. Yeah, definitely the types of people, you know, and that just because people seem one way doesn't always mean, you know, what you might think it means in terms of what's going on in their relationship. So, um, yeah. And there are so many factors. I mean, like you said, it's usually like that stereotype, but you know, smart, successful, strong people can end up in abusive relationships. And honestly, that's kind of how I considered myself. I was only, I dated this person from when I was 15 until I was 19. So I was really, really young. Um, so I think that contributed to a lot of it, but, um, it just, everyone thought he was this great guy. I think people to this day think he's this great, happy, nice, laid back guy, but he's a monster. Like there's no other word for him. Um, and I think that that actually was something that kind of kept me keeping it a secret because I didn't think anybody would believe me. Um, I think Nicole Kidman's character in that show also like was a pretty decent, nice, good looking guy. And I think that that was like done on purpose too. Well, yeah. 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 They, it's almost like they, you know, people think it's like some very clear cut picture of a monster. Yeah. It's, it's not. And I think it's such a powerful reason as to why women or not even just women, I know men can be in them too, but 
Yes. People are just, they stay quiet because they're yep. like, well, it's clearly everybody thinks this guy's great. Like it almost like it mm-hmm. makes you invalidate your experience to yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible. So, and that's, that's definitely another thing I want to mention is that men can absolutely be abused and women can absolutely abuse. Um, I mean, I think that for men, it's obviously a lot harder for them to get out of it and come forward and to admit what's going on because that dynamic doesn't really fit into today's standards of masculinity. Um, but it absolutely happens. Um, and I read that like nearly half of all women and men in the U S have experienced like psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. So if that's just like, wow. like half of people and that's just like psychological aggression, I'm, I'm curious what that exactly means, but I, I think that like emotional abuse is a lot more common than people realize. Well, yeah, and that's the thing here, too. I think it's important to say that when we say abuse, we don't mean always just physical violence. Exactly. Um, You know, we're definitely talking about different levels of it. And that just because someone isn't physically hitting you or harming you, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're not being abusive to you. I mean, emotional abuse is real, verbal Mm -hmm. abuse is real, mental abuse is real, creating isolation, all these things are are considered. Yeah, all these things are abusive. uh, And it's important to talk about them. Right. And there are so many things like you just mentioned, so many of them that people are just like, no, we just fight a lot. Or like, no, he's just so jealous. Like he just like really loves me. Like that was my thing. Cause he was so jealous. He couldn't see straight. And I was just like, wow, I guess like, he just like really loves me. Nobody gets it. Nobody can understand this bond that we have, you know, because like the highs were so high, but the lows were so low. Um, and you know, things like rape can even happen within a relationship, even within a marriage. If you don't want to do something and someone makes you or someone tells you that, you know, they'll break up with you if you don't or, you know, threatens you in some way, like that is abuse. And that's actually considered like a form of sexual assault. So it's really okay to recognize these things in a relationship and talk to someone and get out. Um, that is actually the most dangerous point in an abusive relationship when somebody tries to leave because, and it's terrifying, um, cause you don't know what that person's going to do, but there are so many resources out there, which we'll get to later on. Um, but it's just really important to recognize these signs. So, um, I guess you kind of covered a lot of them, like, you know, like belittling and putting you down and telling mm-hmm. you, you know, you're fat or you're ugly or you're stupid, like that's abusive. Like it's not something that you, that is normal when you fight with someone, if they, if they have these low blows. Yeah, no, that's toxic. I mean, that's just because you're in a fight and it doesn't give someone the right to put you down like that and to, Mm -hmm. you know, make you feel like shit about yourself. And I mean, those, I I think so many people who maybe if you haven't experienced this type of relationship or this type of interaction with someone, you might hear this and be like, I would never be in that situation or I would never tolerate that kind of thing. And I also think it's important to say that it's not always that black and white. Mm -hmm. It's not that simple. And it's not always someone calling you stupid or calling you fat or calling you ugly. I I think in so many other ways, it can just be that they try to make you think that you're crazy. Yeah, mental manipulation. It's That's probably, I think, one of the more common and lesser recognized ones. Yeah. 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 I think when people try to say, like, you know oh, like, you're crazy to think this, or what were you doing? Or if you start to, you know, have like unnecessary guilt about things that you're doing when you shouldn't, like, that's all considered abuse. Right. And, you know, I think one of the things that you're kind of saying is uh, that you're talking about is like gaslighting. 
Oh yeah. Do you know about that? Mm-hmm. Gaslighting? Oh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I, I do. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like the guy that you were with, Impractical Jokers guy, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he gaslighted you throughout that entire time. Like I, oh, and the that's whole what thing. this guy did to me. It's like, you know, kind of doing things that make you, you know, it's manipulative behaviors and like acting really shady, lying and all that. And then turning it around and being like, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're, you're a psycho. Like that's right. gaslighting. When somebody does something and turns it around on you and tries to make you feel like the crazy one. Yeah. That's what that is. That's a, that's an abusive behavior. It is. It's toxic and it's unfair and it's unhealthy. And it's just a lot of things that you do not need and they do not prove love or passion. Yeah. And I think so many people think that passion and abuse mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand, maybe not that directly of a correlation, but I think people are like, no, 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 he just loves me so much. Or he just does this because he feels so strongly about me. And he makes me feel crazy because I love him so much. So I respond this way. And, you know, I will never, ever, ever say that it's a victim's fault. Of course it's not. But it is very important for someone to recognize when they are in this type of situation Mm -hmm. and to not try to justify it by saying that that's just a that's just the dynamic. Yeah. Right. I definitely did that. And I was so afraid. I, I started to actually really believe what he told me. I just really believed that I must be crazy and that I was just this awful person. And um, I thought that if I told anybody what was going on, they would just also agree with him and be like, wow, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Right. Because we were in high school, early college, and it, there weren't a lot of people to trust and not a lot of people understood what was going on. And, you know, at least in that point in my life and the world was just very different, you know, I, by the end of like high school, a lot of like classmates and like faculty members started to kind of understand what was going on and they didn't step in. And I look back and I'm just like, you could have like saved my life. Um, like they really so sad. Yeah, it was really sad. I actually feel really bad for younger me. I think unfortunately, a lot of adults just aren't equipped to handle mm-hmm. this type of situation. They don't At know. At least back then, yeah. Right. Back then, probably not. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. I think now it's a little bit better, but even then, it depends on your school. It depends mm-hmm. on, you know, it depends on a lot of things. And, <clears throat> yeah. You know, your parents might just be like, oh, it's just young love. Or, yeah, or, right. Or it might just be, oh, she's being dramatic again. Or he's yeah. just, you know, that's just how he is. Or I don't know. There's just a lot of, it's very easy to dismiss, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people get afraid to talk about it. Yeah. But I think the whole point of us doing this episode is to say that you're not crazy. We do understand. And that if you are feeling any of these things or experiencing any of these things, then you deserve a hell of a lot better than what you're right. in. And, and you do need to talk about it with someone. And like I said, like, you know, like age shouldn't matter. Your gender, your financial circumstances like there is no demographic that is immune to this right Um, and it doesn't make you any less of a it doesn't take away anything from you either and I think that's the problem like a lot of women are like I just feel so ashamed or I feel so embarrassed I feel so this I feel so that and it's I mean I'm not saying I don't understand that I think it's very easy to look back on past relationships that even if it weren't if it wasn't necessarily abusive but even if you just put up with shit that like Mm -hmm you shouldn't have put up with. I think we've all had those yeah. relationships, even totally. whether it was abusive or not. We're like, I can't believe I like put up with this guy's behavior. I can't believe yeah. I let him do this or that or whatever. And you kind of think back on it like years later and you're kind of like, I can't, I like, 
I can't, me today would never allow yeah. for that. Right. And I think it's that feeling's magnified if you're experiencing anything that can be considered abusive and it's more shame and it's more mm-hmm. fear. And it's just, you think you have a handle on it and that you can control it and that you can get through it. But the truth of the matter is, you know, you shouldn't have to. Right. Exactly. There's no reason that you should be putting up with things in a relationship. If you have to put up with something, if you're using that term, like, I mean, we all leave. put up with shit. We all put up with but, shit. But like to <laughs> put up with behavior that's like, but, like, okay. Like, yeah. If someone like, okay. Like if they like leave the toilet seat up every time right. you use it. Okay. Like, yeah, that's, I would consider that something we're putting up with. <laughs> like, that's just putting up with men. Putting right. up with men in general is a lot different than putting up with like abusive, horrible behavior. Like, but of you course. know, you yes. know, if it's something you're like ashamed to tell someone, then, you know, that's how, you know, if you find yourself lying to your friends and family, yeah. um, you know, there are many resources online that can kind of give you a checklist to guide you to see like, mm, that's not the most, you know, it's not, yeah. not abusive behavior. If you're saying like, it's not, not abusive, like you need to check yourself too. Like, like Nadine said earlier. And I um, think it's also really easy to, because, okay. And we've talked about this before, but this whole idea that like, you never fall in love the same way twice. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's different every time. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes when there is abuse involved or abusive behavior involved in a relationship, it can be, and we've said this before, but like, it could feel like it's just very passionate and very Mm -hmm. intense yeah and some people might think like well I just it's just different kind of love it's not the same it's not boring it's exciting it's this and you may find all these different reasons to justify it but the truth is that's not that's not love that's not that's toxic and I apologize if I'm getting this wrong but I'm pretty sure that that's called a trauma bond Mm. it's kind of it's kind of similar to like Stockholm syndrome So you're just like kind of like addicted to the trauma of it. And like, you just almost don't, you just get so swept up in it. And like, you see yourself as just needing to try to understand like what you're doing wrong, that this relationship is not working. And you just, you, you, um, live for like the highs of it, I guess. And yeah, it's like, you, you really do get swept up in it. That's the only way I can explain it. The highs are high and the lows are low. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think people just always hold on to the highs, thinking that if you do something better or different, then you'll have more of those highs. And you continue yeah. to put up with the lows, and they keep getting lower and lower, mm-hmm. and the highs become further and fewer between. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, I will say, it never plateaus. The abuse will never plateau. Maybe no. that's not like factually true, but I, I can't. I don't know. I just don't think that it plateaus. I think it just will always get worse. So somebody's abusive. Well, here's a question for you. Do you think that, okay. So I think there's a difference between the type of guy that you were dating. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a monster and a sociopath and a huge piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Check, check, you, check. Yes. Do you think it's possible for two people to bring out abusive behavior in each Ooh. other? I swear. It's like, you're reading my notes, Nadine. <laughs> and because- Maybe I am. No, no joke. It's literally next on my list. Um, So this is something that has been driving me insane since I started doing research for this episode. It's driving me insane. So the um, like advocacy groups out there for domestic abuse, they say that there is a myth of mutual abuse. So Mm -hmm. they think that it's something like 
almost like gaslighting where it's like they're basically they think there's only one abuser and the and if the other person is acting abusive it's sort of like out of retaliation and I can definitely relate to that like I remember retaliating because like there was only so much I could take but I never you know what I mean like he it was so like the things I did in comparison you know what I mean right was, like, and like you're not you're not that person and you no. haven't exhibited that behavior in any of your other relationships exactly I mean, it's even on a more minor scale it's like you know when I was in that one relationship that we keep referencing it's like I'm not you even said it like yes. I'm not a crazy person exactly like, not, but I was <laughs> exactly dead on that's yeah. dead on like they it's true like people can make you crazy um but I talked to my sister who you guys know by now is a psychologist and she was like not loving that she's like that's absolutely not true she said that like it's it's just not that simple it's kind of right. discounting never things is like um uh certain um personality disorders or mental illnesses um I don't want to list the wrong one that I think she was talking about I think it was like borderline personality she's gonna kill me if I'm wrong on that but um there are certain things that can make somebody like it could make a relationship mutually abusive. So I, I'm so fascinated by it, like in like a morbid way that I just yeah. I want to do a lot of research on that um, to really find out the answer, because I don't know what's true. I mean, yeah, your guess is as good as mine here, yeah. to be honest. But it's very it's just interesting to know yeah. that there's so many different schools of thoughts on it. And I, I right. mean. And just so we're clear, too, I mean, sociopathy and psychopathy and narcissism, I mean, these are all considered personality disorders. And yeah. unfortunately, I do think they're a lot more. I mean, well, I don't want to say that because everyone's going to assume everyone's a sociopath. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't I don't think it's like like sociopaths don't like go around like with this crazy mask that says, like, I'm a sociopath. It's like, yeah. in fact, sometimes they're like the most charming people. So charming. And, and they're so, so likable. Yep. And so like funny and like the life of every party. And, mm -hmm. you know, they say all the right things and they stare at you in a way that makes you feel like, oh my God, I'm like the only girl in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, they can do all these things. And I don't know. And, and, and I think sometimes that is a, tr it's such a strong trap that's set up yeah. for the abuse that's to come. That's not to say that every single guy who's charming, funny, and says right. nice things to you is a sociopath. Exactly. I want to make sure we're not saying that. Right. But I, it's I mean, just, if it feels off, and I think, yeah, again, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't give our intuition enough credit. Yeah. But if it feels like something's off, if your gut is like, this is too much, it's too fast, it's not genuine, it feels mm -hmm. rushed, it feels, and usually if they're trying to like wife you up within seconds, I always think that's a red flag. Really? Um, yeah, I do. Oh, I think that's, kind of like your experience. Okay, I got it. Right. <laughs> like, I think if they're trying to like move things very quickly, it's almost like they're trying to trap you in something. Yeah, like be possessive with you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh my God, he's just so sure that he loves. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that's, that's not what's happening he's trying to claim you and he's trying to like get you to kind of feel a certain way and, and, and commit to something so that you, so you have a harder time leaving. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's to cover himself from anybody uh, like penetrating your relationship and like getting in there and seeing what's really going on. It's just like a wall, like, no, nothing, nothing to see here. Everything's yep. fine. What, what, like I could, I could throw up thinking about, all of the covers this guy had, like his big smile, like, no, fine. What? or like he would, you know, a guy telling everyone, like, especially if you're dating and a guy tells you his ex is crazy, 
I hate everyone hates that. Don't ever say that if you're don't ever say that guy or girl that your ex was crazy. To, Wait, like, but my ex with, was crazy. No, but don't lead with that. You know, oh. yes, but like, you know, that's usually a red <laughs> so flag. was yours. Yeah, but like when a guy says it, I think not to be sexist, but it really is a red flag that like maybe he made her crazy, <laughs> you know, or maybe yeah. he's a bad guy. That's not something that you. Should... I think okay. I'm gonna rephrase this. I think it's if all my exes are crazy, that's a red flag. But I yeah. do think it's possible to have like one crazy ex. Oh no, I think we all have one. <laughs> I think we do. Right. Like when I Sorry. think about like any breakup or any relationship in comparison, I'm just like right. I could have married every one of those guys. They were great. <laughs> right right um yeah um so let's talk about like the cycle of abuse as it's called um this is an official you can look it up online um therapists will talk about it this is something that is the pattern in every abusive relationship and fun fact about this seeing this in one of my like women's studies classes in college actually saved my life like truly it was, I brought it up like in therapy and it just really clicked when I saw it. It was just like the moment that the light bulb turned on and I was like, oh my God, I've got to get out of this. Um, so it took me that long, but it did save me. Um, so the cycle is the first stage is like tension building. So maybe it's like passive aggressive comments. You feel like you have to walk on eggshells, um, like a communication breakdown. Maybe they're stonewalling you or they just like it's just different like you feel a shift um the second phase is um what they call the incident phase where it could be acute violence um it could be just uh, not just but it could be emotional emotional abuse verbal physical psychological abuse um so that's Mm -hmm. like when it happens like the abuse the actual Uh, act like yes okay yep and the third phase is i think the most my God, it messes with your head so much. It's it's the honeymoon phase, the rec- reconciliation phase. So they'll be begging for forgiveness, showering you with gifts and flowers and compliments, apologizing profusely. Baby, I'd never do that again. You, sometimes they'll say like, you just got me so mad or like, oh, I just got so mad that I'd never do right. that to you again. And then following that is like a calm. You feel, maybe you feel happy in your relationship again. Maybe he or she would even agree to counseling Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just like very normal, but then it will always follow this pattern. So if you can look at your relationship and see this, I mean, right. You'll know, (laughs) this will sound very familiar. And Um, it's not always going to be or manifest in very dramatic ways. That's, I think a key thing to point out here. I think like, okay. And again, this is absolutely nothing. It's like super minimal and not a huge Don't deal. But it. when I no 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 because it is. But, <laughs> no. my, but my point is like this is this is how this is like one of those signs I guess kind of thing. But I remember specifically there was one time he I I was supposed to take um I was supposed to get a ride to the airport for work because I was on a work flight, but I couldn't get an Uber to like take me or whatever. So, because for some reason they like wouldn't make it up the hill, it was snowing. I don't know. I don't remember. So I was with him at the time and he was, and I was like, okay, I think you're going to have to take me. And he like threw like a huge fit, like just very, like, didn't want to do it. Didn't want to be bothered, blah, blah, blah. It was like very aggressive about it. And then like took me like part of the way. And then eventually I was able to catch an Uber, but I was just kind of like, I'm just going to like pull over over here. I'm just going to catch the Uber from here. 
Um, and like, that was it. And then I was kind of like, wow, that was like really dramatic. And it was like pretty early on in the relationship. And I was like, that's not good. If that should have left oh then. Um, but I, and I remember him just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I, I was just like really tired. Like I would, you know, yep. I would drive you to the moon. Like I would never, yep. do, you know, like blah, 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 like all this crap. And I was like, it's okay. I mean, it's fine, I guess. But, and I remember thinking like, okay, like no harm, no foul, but it's just little things like that. I think that can kind of be a tip off that this person does not have appropriate reactions to things. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, <laughs> and that cycle. Yeah. That, like, they upset you and then they take it yep. back and then, yeah. 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 There should never be uh, that. It's so disturbing. That creepy, like low, 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 where they're just like horrible and awful and, and saying nasty things. And then like the, the, like when you come around the bend and it's just like, Oh my God, no, I was, it was like a weird random excuse and like, no, I love you so much. I would do anything for you. It's like, wait, who are you? Like, it's like two right. different people. Right. And you, and the reason you put up with the really bad behavior is because you hang on to all yep. those like sweet and tender moments that oh kind of follow. Yep. And that is exactly it. I mean, they will make sure that they like, for every bad thing they say to you, they'll make it up with like three amazing things that they say and do. Right. Um, but the truth is like 150 million nice things don't make yeah. up for the one abusive habit that they have. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know. And if a guy is like not letting you, cause this is what this guy used to do to me. Like the most like physically violent he got with me was like lock, locking me in rooms, like not letting me leave, holding like my arms very tightly, grabbing me, breaking my stuff. He would trash my dorm room. Um, like completely, like I'm talking like just a swoop of all my stuff off my desk, all over, all over the floor and my, you know, uh, like breaking my stuff. I remember he broke my iPod back in the day, iPod, um, <laughs> I had well, lipstick that he broke, he, he broke like everything. And that's that disgusting. Like, that falls under physical violence. So like, just because they're not like smacking you, punching you, beating you, it doesn't have to look like that. And they're making you afraid. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, you should never feel afraid with the person that you're with. And like, that's the person you should feel the safest with. Yep. And if you feel that level of fear and terror from them, I mean, that's, that's not passion. That's not, right. that's not okay. I mean, and there's a difference between somebody who has a temper and somebody who's abusive. Yeah, completely. And also, like, don't make excuses if they're under the influence of, like, alcohol or drugs or anything. Right. Like, they probably have a problem, too. Like, this guy definitely had a drinking problem, in my opinion. Actually, mm-hmm. we definitely had a drinking problem, period. But um, I I remember being like, no, it's like really, it's only like really bad when he's drunk. And eventually, like, it was really bad when he was sober, you know? Right. Um, so you just don't make excuses for things like that. Right. Um, yeah, so I feel like that kind of covers the bulk of, like, the facts behind yeah. abusive relationships. So um, let's, I mean, maybe it's worth spending a few minutes just kind of talking about like, I guess like moving on from one. Yes, for sure. Yep. So, so I don't know if that's like, I mean, having been through something like what you went through, I mean, it's not easy, obviously. And it's really like, I think even years and years later, there's certain things that you have to deal with and that are really hard for you. And I don't know, like, what would you advise somebody, I guess, like, who's kind of coming out of something like this? Like, what did you go through? What resources did you seek? Like, what, how did your friends, how were they most supportive or not supportive, I guess? That's a great question. So 
I really, I mean, it's no joke. I know we talk about therapy all the time, but like if you are in an abusive relationship or something that feels similar, get yourself in therapy. So you'll find a way to make the time and the money to get help because there are a lot of resources that maybe don't even cost anything depending on where you are, you're at in life. Um, you have to get in therapy and it really saved my life. Like my college therapist, um, after the incident where he broke one of the incidents where he broke, like all of my stuff, didn't let me leave a room. I told her this and she looked at me and said, sorry, you're going to wait until he hits you. And wow. like, that was the moment that I actually did like leave that appointment and break up with him. Well, one of the ending breakups, cause it, it does sometimes it, it takes a couple times for on both ends for it to really end. Um, absolutely therapy. And it's, it's going to take a lot of work. It takes a lot of, uh, like coming out of your denial to see it for what it really was. It's really hard to like reconcile the fact that like someone is abusing you, but you still love them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really the only way to get through it. I mean, I had been, I probably had to go through therapy for, I think it's been like 12 years and it still comes up and, you know, there is like, I'll talk about it. I'll go through my little, my big breakup breakdown with it. But, um, when I saw him, it was like a, it was like two years after we broke up and it's the first time I saw him. I had like panic attacks for probably two years and I would have flashbacks. I actually, until like really recently would have flashbacks, like even like in my sleep or like falling asleep or just in like random moments, I would have flashbacks to like really horrible things. Um, and it was, it was like, I didn't really believe in those things as much as until like it started to happen to me. Um, and that was like over a decade later, you know? So there it's, it's really, it's a lot of work, but I am so grateful that I'm saved from that. I think, um, you know, it's taken me this long to talk about it. It's taken me like 12 years to even tell anybody other than my close friends because I'm still afraid of him. He's a maniac. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we, I mean, when you and I met, it was like pretty soon after, yeah, after you had gone through. So like, we obviously had no idea. I mean, we met through someone you were dating. Right. So a a nicer person. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh yes. Much nicer. Um, so it's just so funny. Like, I think it's just like another reminder to everybody that like, you have no idea what someone's been through or has, or is going through. And, you know, like to know that you had just come out of something like this, like right when you and I met, I mean, that's like, that's like mind blowing to me because I mean, somehow you were, you were still like the nicest person. (laughs) Thank you. It was only like six weeks before that, Nadine. Oh my God. Don't tell me that. That makes me like, that makes me want to like rip somebody's insides out. Yeah, it is. Um, (laughs) Well, yes. Obviously and you know, it's, it, it's, it's a journey. Like it really is like, you're going to hear things about this person. Like maybe they're a teacher and teach students like that are the same age as you were when they were abusing you. And that's going to infuriate like every cell in your body, but you have to just like learn to work through things and tell people, don't be afraid to ruin their lives because this is like a different era than it was back then. Like I should have ruined his life when I could have, yeah. um, I should have told people who could have like prevented him from doing what he's doing now. Um, I'm, I'm prob. I mean, I can't imagine he's not abusing the next person he's with. Like I just, that's just who he is. Um, and you can save somebody else, you know, and you should, you you should be justified. Like you don't have to sit back and like, let this person 
you know, even walk the same earth as you, you don't kill them, but like they, if they should go to jail, they should go to jail. You know, like, don't yeah. be afraid to get them in trouble. It is really scary, but you know, there are like uh, women's shelters. I'm sure there's the equivalent for men. Um, if you're afraid for your life, um, cause it is, that was the scariest thing. Um, <clears throat> but definitely, I, again, I can't recommend like therapy and just being honest with yourself and like giving yourself the time to work through the entire journey of it. Cause it could take decades, you know? Um, yeah. And then you can find an adorable, amazing person to yes. <laughs> stand by you for life and give you a very cute two and a half year old son. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's never been, thank God, it's never been a pattern for me. I do think some people, for whatever reason, I'm sure there's a lot of psychology behind it, do end up in patterns of abusive relationships. You have to stop. <laughs> like You have right. to get help to not end up in that. Um, yeah. And this is God, where I yeah. go, like, and this is where I say, again, I would never, ever, ever blame a victim. But if you do notice that these are reoccurring themes in your life, I do think it's important that you take a step back and you just kind of ask yourself, what are you doing to protect yourself or allow this yep. to happen? Like, how are you allowing this life for yourself and this pattern? And I, I think at some point it's, it's kind of like fool me once, shame on you, fool me yeah. twice. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to start noticing if things are just not getting better partner to partner because not everyone is like that. Yeah, and, and I can imagine that you just start to believe that everybody is. Right, and and they're not. I mean, there's plenty of normal, wonderful people out there who are just waiting for the chance to love you in a healthy it's dynamic. So and yeah. it's just, you know, it's important that you take the steps to, you know, feel like you're worthy of that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of it is that there's that one saying that I really love. It's... Um, we accept the love that we think we deserve. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think that's so really powerful because you then realize that you have more control over the situation than maybe you realize. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of it is probably tied into self-esteem to some extent because I was like 15, ugly. Nobody has self-esteem. <laughs> First of all, you were not. You were like a fucking princess queen, but like whatever. But you and your hot little bod and your stop. like adorable hair and doughy eyes. Like shut up. You were so, you were cute. You were anyway. cute as hell. So that well, was I didn't that self-esteem and nobody think... has self-esteem at 50 and yeah, everybody's yeah. is in the ground. Yeah, this is true. I, I feel like I was like very prone to like somebody making me believe that I was like an ugly loser. Like he <sighs> always want to like, that yeah. makes me like literally want to like crack skulls I like know. very badly. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so, yeah. And so sometimes I... the best revenge is being happy and knowing mm -hmm. that, they had nothing. They didn't affect your life. They tried to, and they didn't. And and yeah. you're still able to thrive and grow and have fulfilling relationships and a fulfilling life. And you know, yeah, you know, it's... I'm like super spiteful. <laughs> but that's like, fair. I mean, no, it's like it's... my worst worst quality is like I could be really spiteful like that, like mentally spiteful. And it's it's always been really difficult to me to know that he is like thriving as a, an adult in society and not rotting in jail, but my husband said something to me that was so brilliant and has given me more peace over the situation than anything. I think in the past 12 years is he said, um, you know, when someone who does really bad things has good things come to them, whether it's like, you know, a family or a great job or just something good, that means they have something then to lose because right. before that he was alone, a loser and blah, blah, blah. Like, now, you know, him being somewhat successful or whatever, right. career or whatever, like, 
now he's got something to lose. Now he has like karma has something to work with. I was gonna say what you. This is when karma might be kicking in. Yeah. So my mom always says like, my mom always says like, whenever I used to like give her a hard time growing up, or even to this day, like if I do something that she doesn't love, or like I upset her, or frustrate her. I know, right? (laughs) Which is like regularly, but like it's fine. Um, she always says she's like, one day I can't wait until you have kids because they're gonna do worse to you what you've done to me. And I'm like, that's the terrible thing to wish on your kid. Yeah, that's that's. (laughs) <laughs> they all say it but yeah. right but it's kind of like the same idea right it's yeah. that like you know maybe the karma won't be instantaneous but it could be 10 times better if you just right let the world kind of work its wonders I just can't believe I've never sought revenge like I for me to be proud like, of you as spiteful as I am like I, I'm very proud of myself that I've never like gone after this guy but <laughs> so should I kind of get into my breakup breakdown yes I'd say it? it's it's a good time Okay. Is it a good time? It's the worst time. It's the worst time. It was the worst of times. It was the best of times. Yeah. But well, here we are. I, I'll give you like the, I'll try to like throw in some like fun background information, but it, there's not much. No, um, I was going to say like, don't, well, don't do like it. One part that's kind of like, LOL. Okay. Uh, <laughs> LOL is good. We'll take yeah. it. <laughs> You'll know it when you hear it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this one is not funny. This one is just like, kind of like a this is just how it ended and this is just how it like it really finally ended um the the timeline is a little fuzzy for me because i probably just like blocked a lot out it's a long time ago um but after like many many on and off breakups um many abusive incidents i just had to get out so this person was in the military so he this was after my freshman year of college he went away for like another basic training And while he was there, he was, like, peak out of control. Like, he just couldn't help himself. Like, he was far away. He didn't even have a cell phone. But he would, like, call me and, like, test me pretty much to see, like, if I was by my phone. And if I wasn't, he would accuse me of, like, being with guys and being out. It would be, like, 2 p.m. on a Thursday. I'd be like, um. Yeah, prime prime guy time. Yeah, it was just, like, so – it was crazy. And, um. He would stalk my Facebook whenever he would have, like, internet access. And if there was any guy, like, even in the background of a picture, he would be like, you effing whore. You're such a slut. You disgust me. I'd be like, what? Like, I, I was so blown away by, like, how far he took this. Um, so it was just proof that everything was just escalating and it was never going to get better. And I, I, you know, it was like my first long summer after college and I really took time to myself to be away from him for that long. I was traveling. I was with my friends and family. I feel like I had a lot of time to take a look at things. Um, and right after he got back, I broke up with him and I was so relieved, but I was also so terrified. because I'd never actually like completely severed ties and I was moving in I was living by myself for the first time in my life I was moving into like a single dorm I guess my own room and um I think I'm assuming he kind of I don't really remember but I'm pretty sure he like knew where I lived yeah he he did based on the rest of the story he knew where he knew where I lived um and that terrified me uh because I didn't know who was going to protect me um, cause no one really protected me before this. Um, so he also, like I mentioned, definitely had a drinking problem and was like really violent, really angry when he was drunk and we're in college and there's a lot of drinking. So I was just kind of always on edge and I was always afraid he, he, as much as he tried to keep this image, um, 
to most people. By the time we got to college, the walls started to come down. And like, I do remember guys on my floor in my dorm, like, like standing up for me, like, don't you ever talk to her like that when he would scream at me in front of people. And like, he's done a lot of humiliating things publicly. So I knew that he also like stopped caring about what other people thought of him, which was scary because that was like the only thing I had saving me was like, at least in public, he wouldn't do these things. But again, it was escalating. So we had broken up. That was like the end of August, early September. And, you know, I mentioned in like our first episode that I started uh, kind of like hooking up with like that guy from the dining hall for a few weeks. <laughs> and that was my rebound that, guy. Yep. There he is. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I started hooking up with this guy, like hanging out with him, whatever. And that ended. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that was like a week before Halloween that that ended. And I remember it was Halloween. I was dressed. This is the best part. This is the only good part. I was dressed like Paris Hilton, but in prison. So I was oh wearing my like, God. <laughs> like a prison. Wow. How fitting. <laughs> it was 2007, everyone. She had just been <laughs> sent to prison. It was like a, it was like a, a very literal metaphor for your emotional <laughs> prison. <laughs> yes. No, for real. So I was wearing like a Without the wealth. dress. Yeah. So that was a really underrated Halloween costume. I'll try to find pictures. I was going to say, if you um, could bring that back this year. Yeah, I think I will. Very appreciated. Yeah, right? So when I walked in the basement of this party, I saw him there. And I was, like, so nervous. I was like, oh, my God. Because I didn't know how he was going to act toward me. We hadn't seen each other. For some reason, I remember thinking, like, maybe it would be, like, kind of civil. Like, maybe it wasn't the worst. And he was really drunk and, like, trying to, like, kiss me and, like, touching me extremely inappropriately and like still thought he had like agency over my body or me. And I was just like, no. And I was like, Oh God, I was like, I just knew that something was going to be like starting up, you know? So over the next like week or so, he just kept trying to like reconnect with me, get back with me. And I, like I said, I just ended my little fling for the first time with somebody else other than him after four years. Um, So I was really moved on from him. Like, I really just wanted things to be civil because I was afraid of him. So one night, like, I actually, like, he he would always call me and, like, I actually let him into my dorm like an idiot. Um, And, like, this is where it kind of gets, like, out of order for me when I was, like, taking actual notes, trying to remember things. So maybe it's not in direct order here, but there was one night where he came over and he was just, like, grilling me about, like, if I'd hooked up with anyone. And I said, yeah, because I wasn't going to lie. I probably should have. But he he was so obsessed with the fact that he just kept asking how old the guy was. And I was 19. And I told him the guy was 21. And he, like, lost his mind. He was losing his mind over the fact that the guy was 21. And, like, it was, like, old. I can't say his name. Cause I'm, but whatever. It was, like, the old him came out. Or he was being so nice to me this whole week to, like, get back with me. And then he was like, you think you're so effing cool. Like, that was his thing, like, to try to make me feel like a loser. He's like, you think you're so cool. Like, you're only, like, hooking up with this guy because he's 21 because you want to be cool. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, he was, like, going crazy about literally just his age. Like, it just was, like, a trigger. So, whatever. Like, I made him leave. Somehow I got rid of him. And then, like, I think he called me later that night, I think it was. And he was crying on the phone and he was telling me that he was being sent to Iraq. And he was definitely using this as like a ploy to make me feel guilty and get back with me. And he was crying. And I don't doubt that it was like a scary moment for him. 
But honestly, as horrible as it sounds, like I was so relieved that he wasn't going to be at the same location as me. I don't know if I ever mentioned that he went to the same school as me. We both went to college mm-hmm. together. Like we, I was stuck. And that was like, the, that was my nightmare. I never wanted that, even when we were dating. Right. Um, so him going away, I was just like, I'll take it. Iraq, it's a vacation. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. I just, that's how much I didn't like this person. I just wanted him to go to the most dangerous place on earth, you know? Um, and so he was being deployed for, I think it was like two years. Um, and I felt so confused and really guilty. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't processed a lot at that point. <clears throat> so after that, things escalated further and he would show up to like my dorm building between like two and 4 a.m. Like no one's around. He would be banging on the door. And I don't know how people didn't hear this. Like he would be screaming and banging. And I'm just like terrified behind one locked door. Like there's not much you could do. Like I was just always afraid and just like, I I didn't know what what would happen. Um, At one point, I don't know why again, because I was stupid. Um, and this was like the ultimate breakup part is he, he asked to come over and I was like, okay. And like, I just remember like faking sleep. Like when I was like playing dead, I guess, like I just didn't want to even talk to him. I just hoped like maybe he would leave. And I just remember it's so creepy. Like I remember him just like sitting next to me and just like playing with my hair. And it's so eerie to like think back on. And, and it's also just a note that like, it could be very confusing how somebody could be like, awful to you but then be very like have these gentle moments and it was like he was very he was like obsessed with me in a really bad way um and just thinking about him playing with my hair and just watching me like sleep or fake sleep is so creepy um but anyway so I just like literally played dead and he eventually left and then after that I was just like look like I don't ever want to see you again like this needs to stop I don't want to fall back in these patterns it's over And this was in like the flip phone days. So um, if this gives any context to any of this, but at the time, 11 text messages was a lot when, uh, so. Well, yeah. Yeah. There were were character limits on our text messages back then. (laughs) Exactly. So, so I remember, I will never forget these numbers that he sent me 11 text messages threatening me, um, 37 missed calls. 37 missed calls. It's a lot of flipping a phone open and close. That's Um, insanity. And left three crying voicemails. And it sounds um, like a really, really, really sad version of the, of the 12 days of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, 11 threatening texts. (laughs) Oh my God. I needed that. 37 missed calls. No, seriously. We can make a song out of this. Um, oh geez yeah and and in all of these he was detailing how disgusting I was how ugly I was how fat I was which I was not fat Um, you were none of those things uh how Michelle was a was a regulation hottie just so no but I would he just like want I I had gained like like some weight back then and he knew that like it made me insecure and he told me no one would ever love me no one would ever marry me like he there were times like, <clears throat> like a year before this, I will never forget that he like came up to me and got in my ear. Like I was sitting facing forward, looking at my computer and he was mad at me and got in my ear to the side of my face and was just went from head to toe. Every single part of me physically, that was bad. 
Like he nice. would pick, he picked apart every flaw, flaws I didn't even know about. And so this is the type of person he was. That is just like, I, there are literally no words for how unbelievably like repulsive that is. I yeah. Just, it's fucking awful. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that was the end. And like I said, we bumped, well, we bumped into each other at a bar when he was back on campus after, um, being in Iraq and we bumped into each other like years later and he's still that same guy. Like he still will say things to me when we're out and like, he's a monster. So that's, that's the story. It's not a fun one. Well, and I've never, I, I've never said this publicly. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like super unbelievably like hard for you to talk for anyone, I think to like talk about this kind of stuff. And yeah. I mean, I just think it's super brave of you to even be able to not just talk about it, but to talk about it with like that much grace and dignity and just like overall, like being able to like thrive and like really take control of how you handle it and how you feel about it and use it hopefully in a way to like help other people kind of determine yeah. a way Thank out of you. a negative situation that they're in. And I just think it was really fucking incredibly brave of you, you and Thank I you. admire I'm you. I'm don't very be. scared to put this out there. This don't like, be. Don't be. Um, it was, and I, I don't, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, it may have been, it, I know it felt heavy and I'm sure it'll feel heavy to people who listen, but I don't think it was in a way where, you know, I mean, I mean, I can't speak for listeners, I guess, but right, right. It's I, a rough I don't, one. right. I don't think we've said anything or, or talked about it in right. a way that was, that felt like, Holy shit. Like it's not yeah. like 13 reasons why ending. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? Like exactly. No. Yeah. And then the goal, like I, it's taken me years and years to come to terms with a lot of this. Um, and my goal is to just really help other people. I really think that I need to, like, I can't, I can't keep somebody else's secret. That's also another part of it. Yeah. I'm not doing, which you shouldn't have favors. to. Yeah. And I, I think that somebody like me might be in a situation like this and Maybe this will be their wake-up call. So, Well, I, I hope if this does anything for anybody, then it makes the whole journey of the podcast worth it. Yeah, for sure. This is it. Um, I want to add, before we wrap up, um, there are tons of domestic violence and dating abuse resources out there. One main one is the hotline.org, T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E. Um, they have like an online chat if you can't speak in front of the person. Um, unfortunately their, their website said they answered their 5 millionth call in 2019. That's how prevalent this is. Yeah. Um, and their phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you use them. Yeah. Even if you don't know, like, even if you're on the fence, like you lose nothing by calling, it doesn't cost money. No one's going to know you did it. Like, even if you're just, like, you kind of just want someone to talk to and, like, your yes. friends are sick of your bullshit, call them. And if this resonates with anyone and you're not really sure what you need to do, we're here. We're not professionals, but we will guide you. We'll send you a ton of resources. Um, right. Or just listen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, with that said, I mean, you guys know how to reach us. You know, we're exactly where we always are. Feel free to slide in the DMs at any point. At Heartsprained, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought. Um, if you thought if this resonated, if you want more information on the topic, we can definitely do that too. But 
definitely, definitely, definitely like huge, huge, huge show of support from California from me for Mish you. just being able to <laughs> talk you. about it. I love you. Thank you. And I'm so, so glad that you're in such a better place now. And like I said, everybody else, if you guys have any questions, concerns, questions, comments, whatever, feel free to reach out. Um, other than that, we promise we will not skip any more weeks and yes. you'll hear and from us be, next week. We'll have an up a little bit more upbeat episode next we week. We will. We have some good plans. So yes, yeah, stay Thanks, tuned. Guys. Bye. Bye.